Welcome to the Occupational Safety Leadership Podcast, episode number 73. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the negative aspects of ISO 45001. As we kind of continue down our journey of ISO 45001, we get we did a little in, in, introduction to it. We did the positive aspects found under um, episode 72. This episode, number 73, we will talk about the negative aspects of ISO 45001. Let's just dive right in. So for anybody who's just kind of joining us and didn't watch the previous episodes, just a very small recap. ISO 45001 is basically an international uh, standard that sets out a, a occupational health and safety management system. So it's very similar to, if you think about the environmental one, ISO 14001, uh, just about everybody knows about the quality one, ISO 9001, but this one specifically addresses the occupational health and safety um, management. And so basically it provides a very nice frame framework. And like all things, you have to do what's part of the framework, but you can always, uh, you can always go beyond the framework, of course, um, uh, and it, it follows the plan, do, check, act cycle. Uh, most of us do this anyway in our everyday lives. We just don't actually call it that and break it down. We plan something, we do something, we check the results, and then we act on those results. So let's just dive right in then. A couple of the uh, negative aspects. Um, and, and this is just me talking to a lot of safety professionals, writing down a list that they all kind of seem to have in common. Um, not everybody would say it's going to be uh, all these different things. Anytime that you reduce accidents, chemical spills and all that, it's always a good thing. But like all things, maybe a system is not easy to implement. Uh, so the first one, the uh, people have told me that they have trouble with the complexity. Uh, it, it, uh, and it uh, that requires significant time, resources, uh, expertise. So sometimes they don't have the internal expertise. They have to bring somebody in from the outside. Um, and sometimes because it's, it's something that's so new, when you start to talk about we're going to conduct the risk assessment, we're going to establish appropriate controls, not that it's not already in place, but with such a lot of new language, sometimes it's, it's extremely scary to folks. They deem it as complex. Um, also, it could be that uh, a organization has not put much time and effort into safety. Uh, maybe they've had some issues and maybe they haven't, and they've deemed that it's now time for a culture change. Uh, so, so that can be kind of difficult too. Um, the second one, the administrative burden. So um, as we get more and more in, into the uh, fast-paced fast world, there's a lot of times where we're just literally opening up our uh, iPads and our phones and we're just taking some notes and we're doing this. Um, so this looks like it has a lot of other additional, the documentation, record keeping, the regular audits. Uh, to me, everything is exactly the way that it, it used to be, um, except for you're just much more on a uh, schedule then. And for anybody who's a small and medium enterprise, you may not even have a safety person to start with then. So then it becomes with the whole, uh, we care about our people, we want to do the right thing. How do we set up this whole system? Like, 
who's going to keep us going and keep us on task. And sometimes the uh, safety aspect in some places, um, when they deem that there's not a, uh, a very big safety uh, issue in the workplace, will fall on the quality person. And so it, it's just another part of the quality person's job. So many people have told me that they didn't really understand the increased um, administrative burden that they were going to be faced with. Number three, super powerful, resistance to change. So if you're already doing ISO 9001 or 14001, there's a lot of the same terms. But if this is just kind of coming at you, um, this, this can be uh, scary. There's a, there's a lot of workplaces that um, they've managed to figure out what works for them. And so it's not really a management system. They've just kind of managed to figure things out along the way. And now that you're going to ask them to put a, a not just a structured system in place, but maybe you have to document a lot of the processes that just weren't documented before. So uh, resistance to change can, can always be um, difficult for some people then. Um, some people, of course, are, are totally cool with, with all that stuff. Potential for increased cost, like all things, um, when you're, when you're going to put time and effort into something that that means that there's probably going to be a potential for increased cost out there uh, to me I think it is a no-brainer to do these things but I also understand that if you're not having accidents and injuries now and then you start saying well we're going to put a management system in place and we're going to do all these increased things not only is there going to be a um, um, resistance to change but there's also going to be uh, the resistance to, if we don't have any issues now where they're really super small and minor, why are we putting all this effort and money into this new system uh, when we seem to be going good? Um, so it, it's, it's hard, and I believe that I can always mathematically prove it eventually. But like all things, it's really hard because if you don't have any accidents, how do you, how do you prove a negative? Number five, um, ISO 45001 is a general frame, framework out there. And so there's a lot of people who, who find it a little too generic out there where they have to really go back and look at, well, how do I, how do I go back and, and specifically address my concerns as opposed to in a very general, broad sense then? And this is where a lot of times the um, expertise comes in, because if not, you can really start to go down a road where you're doing a awful lot of extra extra work that's not really part of the standard but you're not really understanding what 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 um, applies and what doesn't uh, and what doesn't apply then and um, people want to be seen for ISO 45001 you want to be seen as a leader in safety but there's a lot of people who have limited external um, recognition as part of a negative is that um, they they thought by telling people they were doing this by showing people all this stuff it was going to lead to a competitive advantage um, maybe they would get people from from other uh, companies come in and it just really didn't pan out it doesn't mean that they didn't uh, reduce accidents and injuries and chemical spills but they really thought they were going to get a lot of recognition for this um, 
I like to think that when you do that, when you do the right thing, you don't worry about recognition. But I could also understand it from a financial standpoint when you're you're really trying to maximize a return on investment. That is it for episode number 73. We talked about the negative aspects. Episode number 72 talked about the positive aspects of ISO 45001. Uh, I want everybody to, uh, if, if you're thinking about going, going down this road, make sure that you understand the positive and understand the negative. For me, I think it's awesome and it's great and it's all upside, but I also understand that I don't have to sell it at your company. I don't have to implement this system. I don't have to do these things. It's you, the listeners, that really have to sit down and say, is it going to work for me? Just because it worked for somebody else, is it really going to work for me? Is this part of uh, the culture that we have in, in place now? Or is this that I'm going to end up fighting management a lot more than I'm ever, ever trying to get help from the people and uh, sitting down and um, implementing this? But episode number 73, the negative aspects of ISO 45001 is complete. I'd like to thank you for joining me today. My name is Dr. David Ayers. Have a safe day.